Well, I hope you're ready for the word. I hope you're ready to get right into it. And uh, I, I've got a word on my heart that I believe is going to be quite powerful, that I believe is going to speak to you, that I believe God's going to touch, touch in a powerful way. And I believe that it's going to be quite fantastic. In fact, while we were coming together to do this service, I had many thoughts in my mind. I just did not know which direction to go, which way to take place. And and I, we've been praying for you also during this time of, we've obviously come out of lockdown, but we've been praying for you and, and, and lifting you up and believing that God has been there with you because His presence is by your side, no doubt about that. Uh, and, and, and last week, we launched this new initiative called Heart for the House. And in fact, if you weren't there, we gave out these booklets just right here. And maybe you can pick a copy next week in church. Uh, but this is your one-stop shop for all details when it comes to the Heart for the House campaign and what we're believing for. There's needs, there's causes, there's things that we're believing for because we believe that God's called us for such a time as this. And so it's pretty powerful. Well, this morning, what I really believe in my heart is a prophetic message. Is literally a prophetic message. Uh, and, and so this carries a mantle, this carries a weight. And so can I encourage us, and I love that this is our first message. This is technically the first sermon preached from this new building, from our new building. And I believe there's something prophetic about that. I believe there's, 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 uh, you're entering into a new dimension. You're entering into a new zone. And I just want you to recognize that because sometimes we can just look at Every Sunday is just another service, just another gathering. And I, I love that I can see your faces. I can see the excitement. I can see the emojis. I can see the anticipation. And, and a couple of weeks ago, I was in prayer. And what, what happened was I, I believe I had a God encounter. It was literally a God encounter. I'll share a bit about it. And, and as we were entering into lockdown and everything else, I was really struggling on how are we going to communicate this? This this is not a pre-recorded message we can send out. And then I thought maybe we can come together and have a service, but then you would be there, but I would not be able to see your faces with the masks on. And so I said, let's create a let's create create a platform where I can see your face, where I can recognize what God is doing and still believe as we know that there is no distance in the kingdom of God. And so this morning I truly, truly believe, church, that God's going to do something just where you're at. Right in your home, wherever you're seated, God's literally going to do something. That is, that is what I believe. But two weeks ago, I had this conversation. Literally, I was praying, and, and this message began to be birthed inside of me. In fact, the title of this message, if you're taking notes, if you're writing down, is Supernatural Provision. Supernatural Provision. Hashtag an unlikely source. Hashtag an unlikely source. Why don't we read First Kings chapter 17. Verse 1 to 16, it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, that's a fancy name, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe, uh, uh, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few days except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had said, had told him. He went to Kerith Ravine, east of the, uh, of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. 
Verse 7, Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, Bring me, please, a piece of bread. Verse 12, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Verse 14, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of, fl of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the land. Verse 15, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was, a f there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. I want to read one more scripture. We're talking about Elijah this morning. Two chapters later. 1 Kings 19 verse 3. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servants there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom tree, a broom bush, sat, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. Verse 8, So he, took, so he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. I know I've read a lot of scriptures this morning. But I want to create a picture of what I believe God is speaking to us. God is speaking to you to remind you the title of the message is Supernatural Provision. Two weeks ago, I was in prayer and I was just in worship. I was just enjoying the presence of God. And all of a sudden, what began to happen was, uh, uh, you, know, you know how this thing where you're browsing the internet and uh, you click download on a link and for whatever reason, uh, you, you know, you're browsing the net and then you're done, the link down, it downloads. Or let's say you, 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 you need to download an app. You open up the app store, you download the app, and you're making phone calls. Later on, you check the apps already on your system. You get what I'm saying? That's literally what happened. I was not seeking God for anything specific. But as I was just in worship, these words began to echo in my heart. Supernatural provision. And, and it was literally like I was hearing God say, where were you when this happened? Where were you when that happened? Where were you when this situation happened? Where were you when that happened? I mean, there was this constant uh, engagement, this constant conversation with God. And I felt like God was telling me to tell us this morning. In fact, I heard these words, tell my people there is supernatural provision on the way. 
Tell my people there is supernatural provision on the way. I hope you're catching this in your spirit. I hope you're feeling what I felt a couple of weeks ago in my heart. Tell my people there is supernatural. If you get this, you get this. If you don't get it, that's all right. Because I believe there are people that is on the Zoom call destined to be on this call where God has designed for this moment to be a moment where you receive the word of the Lord in such a powerful way. But tell my people there is supernatural provision. How many of you can say that during this COVID season, somehow, I know there's been a few setbacks and things like that, but overall, how many of you can say that you've been blessed? I mean, I look around and people are getting jobs and people are buying cars and uh, people are getting married and people are having kids, praise God. You know, there's, there's, it's supposed to not be the case. I mean, it's supposed to be one of those difficult times. And I understand these times come with, with its own package of difficulty. But yet when I look across, I actually believe God's provided for you. God's provided for us. And He's done it through different sources. And so this morning, when we look at the life of Elijah alone, across three chapters, God uses three different sources of provision. But there's, there's a unique characteristic about the provision is it comes from an unlikely source. The first source was the ravens. God literally says to Elijah, I've had a conversation with the ravens. Can you imagine that conversation? God goes to the ravens and, excuse me, Mr. Raven. The raven's like, ah! <laughs> Yes, shut your mouth, Mr. Raven. I need you to do this. You know, they're having this conversation. And literally, I know, I know this sounds bizarre, but literally, you know, either we got to believe it or we're not going to believe it. Uh, but that's the thing about when God provides, it comes in supernatural, unusual ways. And, and the Bible goes on to say that I want you to imagine the scene. Elijah wakes up in the morning and he's waiting. For Raven Eats, Uber Eats delivery. You know what I'm saying? I'm, angels texting Elijah, rate your Raven this morning. <laughs> Tip your Raven this morning. But I want you to imagine how crazy was this. I don't know if you recognize this, but a Raven is a scavenger. It's the relative of the crow. It's the relative of the magpie. I mean, that, that drives it a bit closer now to home, doesn't it? I mean, these birds are notorious for stealing your food. But God uses the thing that is supposed to rob us. God uses the thing that's supposed to take away from us. God uses the thing that, that in, is designated as something that consumes to be something that contributes. And I believe that's a prophetic message to some of us where there have been expenses and bills and stuff and things that we think as a, is an expense, but actually is going to be a raven God, that God provides in supernatural way to give into our situation. And I, I begin to think about the raven. Think about this, right? The, the Bible says that uh, the raven provided him with bread and with meat. So somebody somewhere was baking some bread. Somebody somewhere was preparing some meat. And I wonder, I just have this, I just have this suspicion that the raven was literally a, 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 a someone who lived in the king's palace. And every morning and every night when meat was prepared and when bre bread was baked, he would just pick a piece and bring that to Elijah. God supernaturally provided for Elijah's diet from the king's palace. You're going to be surprised in this coming days, church. And, 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 and you've seen it. If you actually look into your life, there's been moments 
of, of opportunity. There's been moments of provision. There's been moments of from an unlikely place. And I just want to declare that. I just want to speak that into that atmosphere. I, just, I, I love the fact that in a, in, a, in a funny way, God's orchestrated for you to be in your home and for me to be in our home at the same time, because we've been talking about this whole message of anointing the house. And, and I believe God's orchestrated this because I actually want to speak into your house. I want to speak into your living room. I want to speak into your bedroom. I want to speak into the spaces that you live in, you call home, that God's going to open supernatural doors. It's going to be come from unusual places. Things that you thought would rob from you, things that, that you thought would take from you are going to be the sources and the point of your blessing. When I first began to feel on my heart to travel, I was 20 years old. I was too young to do anything. I was too young to start anywhere. I was too inexperienced for anybody to entrust me with anything. But I went to a, I went to a business school and the unique part about the business school that I went in was 99.9% .9 of the population were rich, loaded Arabs who were Muslim. And my Arab friends began to hear my heart for the nations. They knew I was Christian, but they just noticed that there was something different about me. And, and, and one thing led to another to the point of a bunch of them gathering together. And my first trip, my first airfare, uh, my first travel, a lot of that was provided by my Arab Muslim friends. Isn't it amazing how God can take from an unlikely source to bless you, to bless me, to bless us, to open a door for the gospel to be shared, for the gospel to reach lives, for the gospels to touch many hearts. I'm, I'm seeing this over and over, and I'm saying this because I want you to be expectant in, in this season. I want you to be open. Uh, sometimes we struggle to even answer the phone. Sometimes we struggle to answer the text message. Sometimes we struggle to open the envelope. I understand because there's fear of, oh, he's another bill and he's another person calling me for that or he's another errand. But maybe that's a phone call that God's arranged from a raven to be your bread and your meat in this season. And so I just want you to grow in your expectation, in your understanding that God is opening up unlikely sources of provision. We continue to read in the, in the book of 1 Kings that Elijah goes from the raven and the brook dries up and then God says, I'm sending you to a widow. Now that's a very unusual place to, for God to send you. It could, it could, you know, it, it would make sense if God said, I've arranged the parliament member to be there. I've arranged this businessman to sponsor you. But an unlikely source again, God, God gets Elijah to meet this widow. And it's interesting because God says, I've arranged for a widow to provide for you. Yet the widow had no memo about this provision. And so Elijah goes and sees the widow. And one thing leads to another. In fact, verse 14, it says, for this is what the Lord, the God says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. And I'm reminded in my story, some of you might not know the story, but when, when, I, when I first came to Australia, you know, we came, we just came by faith, just jumped on the plane and just got here. Not, not as much money, obviously, I'd bless parents to set the path and the pace for us to be here. But a lot of it of what I had to handle, I had to be on my own. 
And I remember I was just like, how are we going to make this work? And I remember I thought to myself, maybe I need to get a job in a cafe. And I went to one cafe and did a few things here and there. And, but I knew in my heart that God was calling me to see revival. God was calling me to see a move of God here. But I had no friends, knew no pastors, knew no contacts. But three months down the road, I had one pastor just say to me, I want you to preach at a service. And I preached at the service and God moved in a powerful way. And then he got me to preach at the next service and God moved in a powerful way. And I remember the third service in, uh, I finished preaching and, 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 and he gives me an envelope. And I'm just like, what's, what's in this? You know, is it, is it tickets? Is it, you know, is it, uh, is it vouchers to McDonald's? I'm not sure. And, and, I, and I go home and I open it and in it, I find money. I'm just like, whoa. Does that even happen? I mean, before that, a lot of the things that I did were mission stuff and most places I would have to go and I have to pay for things. And, and that was the first time I received something. I just said, God, I'm here to share the gospel with no expectation that anybody's gonna pay for anything. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a kingdom of generosity. This is a kingdom where we give and not take. And then out of nowhere, that became a source. And let me tell you, church, for a period of a year and a half, while I was in uni, a lot of my bills, a lot of the things I did was literally paid for as I went around sharing the gospel. Churches, they were generous enough, an unlikely source. Now, can I say to you, there was no expectation. There was not even a hint in my head that that is what's gonna happen or what, whatsoever. But God opened an unlikely source a lot of my rent, a lot of my expenses were paid by these unlikely sources. Now, nine months into moving into Australia, while I'm still settling here, while I'm still enjoying these unlikely sources, it's still a journey, it's still a step of faith. God speaks to me one day in prayer and says, I want you to travel to Africa and do a crusade. And, 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 and I was quite young and I was just like, I had no contacts. I, I did not really have a big organization backing me up. There was no downpour board. There was no downpour church. There was this Alwyn uni student on a uni budget trying to make it through. And I began to get this thing in my heart. And all of a sudden I began to realize, and I, I literally the first time I heard it, I said, God, are you sure you're talking to the right person? You know, you know, there are so many people now on planet earth. I'm not sure if you're speaking to the right person. You might've mixed me up with somebody else. And, and, but this thing just wouldn't wear off. And I just had the sense that God was doing something. And, and then later when we started calculating what's gonna cost, it was gonna cost $20,000. I remember I, I spoke to one of the pastors while I was going through this, my pastor. And, and, and he said, you know, if you really feel God's telling you to do this, maybe take a credit card. And I, I think that sometimes is the trouble where we have succumbed to God's pr provision as a credit card. I think sometimes the reason why we are not able to see the breakthrough and the provision that God has for us is because we're trying to borrow here and borrow there and borrow here and borrow there, but maybe perhaps God's greater than a credit card. Maybe God's greater than a line of credit. Maybe God literally has another plan and a purpose. Maybe God can multiply what He's put in your hands. And I said to myself, I'm not gonna borrow to preach a gospel that comes for free. I'm not gonna borrow just for that. And I was so hesitant. And, and what began to happen is I just began to have the sense that, and let me tell you, $20,000 didn't come in just like that. It was a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there. And I had enough to finally buy the air tickets. But we had, we had all these expenses because when you do a crusade, you gotta pay for everything. When you go to Africa, you pay for everything. You, you take care of everything. And so I, uh, you know, I had to, I had to 
you know, I, pay, I bought the tickets and I started telling people, well, I bought the tickets. I know I'm going. I'm not sure what it's going to look like. But two months, literally the two months before I went to Africa, I had to live on noodles for two minutes. You know what I'm saying? The perfect uni student diet. I was on it for two months and just living by faith, living by faith. In fact, some of the photos are going to come up on the screen of just what God began to do. That's a photo of me. Uh, the trip obviously happened and then this, this is some of the things that God did. If He can keep changing the photos, that'd be fantastic. Uh, keep it on that one. That's a healing line right there. I want you to guess how old am I in these pictures? Uh, well, well, I'll say to you, we had this little bit of a competition yesterday trying to guess my age. I was 24. I was 24 in this crusade, my first crusade in Africa, 24 years old. And I, I believe as, even as I'm saying this, maybe you're a 20 year old, maybe you're a 24 year old. I want you to think about the steps of faith you can step into. Well, let me tell you, Two months in and we went there and five, uh, and, and five days, within five days, this is what we begin to see. If you can put up the next slide, we saw 4,127 salvations in the nation of Kenya. Uh, and and that, that's what I experienced when I was a 24-year-old. Now, I would have thought, now imagine if I would have said, God, this is too difficult. Imagine if I would have said, God, uh, wait a minute, I've got junior assignments. Wait a minute, I'm just trying to work this whole thing of moving to a whole new continent in Australia. Uh, imagine if I would have said, uh, you, know, uh, you know, now is not the time, maybe 10 years from now. But let me tell you, I saw the miraculous unfold. I saw the kingdom of heaven advance, you know, and let me tell you, when we did the math, over that two-month period of planning towards the crusade, we had well and truly over $20,000 come in to see the assignment fulfilled for the glory of God. Let me tell you, God opens supernatural sources for us. And I'm here to tell you that that is exactly what God can do for you. What is that thing that you're choosing not to believe because of fear? What is the thing that you've held back because you're just saying, oh, I'm just, I'm, man, I've not been to uni. I'm not good enough. And I don't have the education. I don't have the qualification. I don't have the skill set. I, uh, I don't have the right surname. I don't have the right background. I don't have the right setup. What is it that's holding you back when God's put something in your heart that you got to hold on to, knowing that there's supernatural provision? Talking about supernatural provision, how many of you have heard of George Mueller? George Mueller. Maybe, maybe you haven't. Maybe you've heard of Mueller College. How many of your kids go to Mueller College? Well, Mueller College didn't just happen out of nowhere. Mueller College is named after a man of God called George Mueller. He was a great missionary, a great evangelist. In fact, he, he took care, during his lifetime, he took care of 10,000 orphans and established 117 schools. But I want you to know, it was not like Mueller had a big organization backing him up. He single-handedly did this. And one of his things was he just believed by faith. I think uh, they say that he, he would ledger, literally like accounting, he would ledger his request to God and the date and the day it was answered. And during his lifetime, he saw 80,000 miracles of ledgers where he, 80,000 requests and 80,000 prayers answered. Uh, I'll just want to share one story about, of George Mueller. One morning, all the plates and cups, this is talking about all the orphans. He had hundreds of orphans staying in these big uh, houses and complexes that he'd organized and gotten together, but everything was by faith. One morning, all the plates and cups and bowls on the table were empty. There was no food in the larder and no money to buy food. The children were standing waiting for their morning meal. When Mueller said, Children, you know we must be in time for school. 
Then lifting up his hands, he prayed, Dear Father, we thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat. There was a knock at the door. The baker stood there and said, Mr. Mueller, I couldn't sleep last night. Somehow I felt you didn't have bread for breakfast and the Lord wanted me to send you some. So I got up at 2 a.m. and baked some fresh bread and brought it here. Mr. Mueller thanked the baker and no sooner had he left that there was a second knock at the door. It was a milkman. He announced that his milk cart had broken right in front of the orphanage and he would like to give the kids his can, children his cans of fresh milk so he could empty his wagon and repair it. Supernatural provision, an unlikely source. You know, I've had stories upon stories in our days when we were itinerant, stories upon stories where I would be called to travel to places and, and let me tell you, no, nowhere we've gone to have we ever gone, uh, we need this amount of money, we need you to provide for this, we need that. We need, we've never put our request out there because God called us, the church didn't call us, God called us to serve churches. And there were stories upon stories where I didn't have fuel to get to places. In fact, one of the most clearest stories I have was when I was on the Gold Coast and I actually had to drive to the north side. It was probably the first time I drove to the north side. And this is probably the one that's really ingrained in my mind where the fuel tank was empty and as I kept driving, it just rose up to full. I'm not even exaggerating. We've seen miracles upon miracles. I remember uh, back in the day when we were in itinerant ministry, we, we had this church lined up uh, in, in, in a state in Australia and it was a significant church. And, you know, sometimes with some of these situations, the calendar clashes and things like that. And we had booked tickets and everything was lined up and hotel stays and everything lined up. And last minute, the pastor called and said, look, we've, we've had a collision. We've got a special weekend happening. We just cannot change it. We'll need to move you to another weekend, maybe in a couple of months. I'm so sorry. And he just, you know, he was very apologetic. And I think he would have probably paid for something, but we just said, you know what? No, that's okay. God knew that this was going to happen. So we had everything booked in and we ended up going to this tiny Filipino church, this tiny Filipino church uh, in, in, in Melbourne. And we preached the word. Lee and I were there. We preached the message. We, we were there for a couple of days and they gave us, as you could just see, the, the, they, they collected everything they could and they just put everything together and put it in this, in this brown, or this yellow brown envelope. They gave it to us and, you know, we, we got to our rooms and then we opened it up and we saw, I mean, we had probably done a week of ministry of three, you know, seven days of ministry in total and, and there was $300 in there. Now, it wasn't much. Because we were living by faith. We, you know, our rent, our bills, everything was covered by our traveling ministry, $300. And we said, you know what? We could see the joy. We could see uh, the enthusiasm in which they gave it. And we knew that it was blessed. And so we flew back to Brisbane, uh, Sunshine Coast. And we flew back to Sunshine Coast. And this is, this is going to shock you. But let me tell you, over three months, that envelope provided for all our needs. I do not know how it happened. But every time we would take out a $100 bill, next time we, would, we stopped counting. We literally stopped counting. Our, our rent was paid. Our bills were paid. I'm telling you, we, that was probably one of the most extravagant times of our lives. I still remember it because God paid for over and above. I'm telling you, there was $300 in there. I reckon probably $3,000 came out of it. Uh, you, might, you might look at this and go, I don't believe it. But let me tell you, this, these are the stories of the Bible. This is the word of God. Now, don't let the mindset of the, of the environment we live in come in the way of faith. Let me tell you, there is a place in God's kingdom where God can open the windows of heaven in supernatural way. I apologize. 
I apologize that I'm not the, 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 the usual, well, just do what you can, pastor. I apologize that as a young man, I saw God move so much in my life that I actually believe that he can multiply finances. He can multiply supernaturally. He can provide for your cause. I actually believe that. And if there's a day in an era that we need it, it is right here. It is right now. You know, when I think about even our own first building, downpour building, 23 Discovery Drive. Can I share with you how that miracle happened? We were at a place called The Space. It was a rainy day. It was probably the worst day to do a service. We even anticipated if we even should have a gathering. It was before our church officially launched. And I think we had like 18 people at that gathering. And we had our first campaign called Arise and Build. Arise and Build. And... At this campaign, I said, well, let's just give whatever we can to God. And There was no building, nothing, but for whatever reason, we had the words arise and build. There was a gentleman that sat at the end of the service, just kept looking at me the whole time, kept looking at me the whole time, didn't give anything to the offering, but then said to me, hey, there's this, there's this businessman out here in, in the North Lakes area, and I think you've got to reach out to him. That's all he said. And I reached out to him. He was an amazing South African businessman. And we still have a friendship to this day. I called him and we started talking. And it was really, it was first a bit unusual because, you know, when you're a businessman, you just want to get down to business. And so I didn't sort of, I actually called him because I thought he would give to this offering. But I thought that would be a foolish way to start the conversation. You don't want to just talk about money right at the start. So just for the sake of introduction, I said, hey, we're looking for a building. We actually weren't even looking for a building. But I just, it just came out of my mouth. And he said, Share with me a bit of your story. So I sent him in a few emails, shared a bit of our story. And then lo and behold, let me tell you, that building that we, that we were in was given to it for a fraction of the cost because of one phone call. Downport Church, an unlikely source. Supernatural provision. Don't despise. Imagine if I walked out of that service and I said, oh, who was that guy who was staring me down? I'm not going to call whoever, whatever. I'm not going to. You know, it just something in me just said, I'm just going to make that phone call. I'm just going to send that message. I'm just going to call that person. You never know what is the unlikely source that God has set up for you. When I think about downpour camp over the years, when we started downpour camp, it was a combination of myself and two other churches, two other ministries coming together. And we just brought little to the table. There wasn't much. There wasn't something of a big budget. We just brought our bits and pieces. And, and you know, what was 30 kids 10 years ago has grown to 300 kids with thousands of dollars that have gone into creating an experience and an environment for the glory of God. I really believe that. I, feel, I pray that you're sensing this as I'm speaking this morning that there's a prophetic anointing that would come over you, especially if you're in between seasons, especially maybe you've lost your job or maybe you're in transition. You're like, I don't know what, what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't know what, what's going to happen next week, but I want to speak in your situation to have supernatural kind of faith that says God will provide in a powerful way. In fact, I want to read a bunch of scriptures to just speak to us in the situation. Psalm 35, verse 27. It says, may those who delight in my vindication shout for joy, and gladness. May they always say, The Lord be exalted, who delights in the well being of his servant. Who delights in the well being of his servant. Let me tell you, God delights in your well being. God, God is not just saying, Oh, you just come and sing a few songs and have communion and, you know, say a few Christian things and let's all go on with it. No, God cares for your well being. God delights. 
for your well-being. God desires for your well-being. Psalm 84, the next verse, uh, chapter 11, it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk his blameless. No good thing. No good thing does he withhold. No good thing. I do not know who's been lying to you. I not know who's been whispering. Religion has been whispering to some of us saying, oh, well, I guess this is the way of the cross. Oh, well, I guess it's a broken life for me. Oh, well, you know, I'm just going to limp my way. I'm just going to, my kids are never going to enjoy the things of life. Well, we will never own a home. I break that, I break that over somebody's mindset right now that you will never own a home. I declare in the name of Jesus that God cares for your well-being. You and your house will be blessed. I declare that over you. I just believe it right now that God wants to do something because why? Why does God do this? I, I was very careful how I would preach this message because sometimes it can, this can come across as the whole uh, prosperity thing, the whole, you know, oh, we're up worshiping because of that. No, this is not that. Let me tell you, anything that is, that is, that is precious has an unusual, weird version of it. Anything that is of the kingdom of God has an exaggerated version of it. This is not that. This is literally a Kairos moment. This is literally a prophetic moment where we're stepping up and saying, I sense in my heart, God's gonna supernaturally provide. I want you to think about it. We had Elijah who was fed by the ravens. Then he was fed by a widow. And then he was fed by the angels. Let me tell you, that's how my life is. Whenever Leah prepares a meal, I get fed by an angel. <laughs> I'm talking about angels from heaven, but Leah, you're an angel. Here's what I'm trying to say. You know, on my, on my desk right now, I've got, I've got invoices upon invoices. And by Tuesday, and I'm not saying this because I, God foresaw this. And by Tuesday this week, I need to have $25,000 to pay these invoices. And let me tell you right now, we're going to have it. I'm not asking you. We're going to ask for this, but I'm not asking you for that. I believe by Tuesday, there's going to be $25,000 going to come in. And we're going to pay for all those things because obviously things are piling up and stuff like that. And I'm not standing here from the end of God's provided. I'm sharing these stories to stir my faith, to stir your faith, to remember that God had brought me the raven and God had brought me the widow, but God's about to bring an angel. God's about to bring an angel. I wonder when the angels fed Elijah, what did they feed him? Was it the food of heaven? Let me tell you, you've been looking on earthly sources. You've been looking at earthly streams of provision. But maybe there's a stream in heaven that God has prepared for you. Maybe there's a stream of provision that God has prepared for you. Church, I, 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 I'm really hoping. This is almost like, this is for me, this is like me birthing a baby right now. I've been carrying this in my womb for two weeks and I really don't want us to miss this moment. This is not a great look at this Instagram moment. Let's post this moment online. No, I, I want you to capture this, friend. I want you to capture this, church, because I really believe that if you get a hold of this, you will recognize that God is on your side, that God wants to impart into your situation a spirit of faith, a gift of faith, to know that there is supernatural provision in Jesus' name.